Here we go. What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. It's always nice to be back with the DFS king himself, Chris Kennedy. What's up, buddy? Oh, you're making me blush, bud. I appreciate it. Thank you. You know, you got to give the do. You got to give the do where it is. <laughs> Things are good, man. Absolutely. You know, we've uh, since our last podcast, we've had quite a bit of uh, of some NFL news before you know, before free agency officially, you know, really hits and, and things can start happening. Agreed, man. It's coming. What free agency new league years uh, about two weeks away now. So, I mean, I'm pumped. We're, we're starting to see things move. And I mean, teams are starting to slow it down just a little bit because they're still waiting on that salary cap number from the league. They still haven't dropped it yet. I can't believe they're still dragging their heels on what the final cap number is going to be, but that's why we're not seeing all the cuts yet. But when they're, when they do, I think the cuts are going to be fast and furious and we're going to be have struggle to keep up. Yeah. Because there are about half, if, if the salary cap ends up being around 180, 185, then half of the elite, half of the teams in the NFL are going to be over the cap. Mm-hmm. And there are two or three teams that are going to be over the cap by like 70 million. So that is significant. There are going to be a lot of teams out there. They're going to have to make some really tough and very uncomfortable decisions. Yeah, that's like 70 million is like one roster or half a roster already. So it's going to be interesting for sure. You know what, man? We got to do some because I think Arya Moran has to come back here because I think I got some stuff to talk about. I appreciate that. Are you a moron? I am that moron. So I told Chris it was probably on Saturday or Sunday. You know, I was just walking, holding my iPad and, you know, you're getting older now and and your hands don't seem to work and grasp things as they used to. And I dropped that thing on my toe, man, the big toe. And I was in pain And then, you know, I thought that was it. It wasn't it. I was walking through my bedroom and I stubbed that same toe, man, on my bed frame. God, the pain. And if that wasn't enough, I'm walking up the stairs and I felt like I pulled my Achilles, man. My Achilles is killing me right now. I don't know what is going on. I'm feeling like Sammy Watkins over here ready to go to the injured reserve. No disrespect, Sammy, but I mean, that's what I'm feeling, man. I'm getting old. What is going on over here? And unfortunately, Sammy Watkins is younger than you. So you at least have that argument where you're getting up there in age. Now, granted, both of us are under the age of 40, but still to our listeners out there, hashtag don't get old because it's not fun. No, it's not. (laughs) That makes me feel better. Sammy's younger than me and he's more injured than I am. But you know what? Exactly. But you know what? He's an athlete. I'm just sitting here drinking beer. So, I mean, yeah. So that's uh, the quick, uh, are you a moron? I was a moron this, this last couple of days. It's pretty bad. I mean, I can't, I can't fault you because speaking of, speaking of beers and being a moron, I experienced one of those moments earlier today. I went to the grocery store. So I had to pick up a few things and I realized, you know what? I'm out of beer. So go to the store. Time to, time to, you know, re-up on the beer. Mm-hmm. And I figured that the, the weather's warming up, you know, down here in North Carolina. We've had a couple of days where it's been in the 70s. This week, it's going to be in the, the low 60s, high 50s. So things are starting to get a little bit better. And I was like, I want something seasonal. I want something a little bit, you know, more refreshing and nothing, not as heavy like the, like the, the Guinness and, and the lagers that I was drinking over the winter. So mm-hmm. I see that Blue Moon had, his, had a, a new beer. And I was like, oh, I don't mind Blue Moon. Absolutely. You know? Got a little bit of an orange flavor to it. Fine for the summer. A nice wheat beer. 
and uh, it's it's a citrus wheat, you know, and they say that it's brewed with tangerine peel. So this is, <laughs> I mean, this is just glorious. This is perfect. Perfect. And so I pick up a 12 pack of it and it's in these slim cans. So I figured, you know what, whatever, you know, it's probably for, for the spring of the summer. And I go first, through the checkout, but I also, mistake. that's what I probably should have realized. But I also did pick up a six pack of Land Shark as well. So I had to reserve get home. I crack open the, the blue moon. I'm not going to tell you what time of day it was when I cracked open that beer because I don't want to be judged, <laughs> but I take my first sip and I really, all of a sudden I realize it's that moment that just strikes me. You're like, I just made a terrible decision. And I look at the can a little bit closer and I notice that it says light sky oh. and that it only has 95 calories in it. I literally had just purchased the Bud Light version of a blue moon. Brutal. And I immediately regretted that moment right then and there. And I realized I have 12 of these suckers that I need to drink. So four beers later, I don't, still don't have a buzz, but I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I'm a third of the way through this 12 pack. And that means that's what? Six more beers until I get to enjoy this land shark. <laughs> so today I was a moron. Life altering decisions. Ah, yeah. Let's talk some football. Let's get out of that mode. We were morons for a little bit. But let's get out that mode. We got some news, man. Headlines. Let's talk some headlines. Mr. J.J. Watt, man. He, I don't know if he shocked the world. He shocked me because I wanted him to go to the Buffalo Bills. He signs a massive deal. Two years, $31 million, 23 guaranteed dollars, Chris, <laughs> to the Arizona Cardinals. What are you thinking? I will say this. Um, it, it certainly helps the Arizona Cardinals defense. Uh, you know, they have they have some key pieces on that defense that they're going to be able to really rely on for, for the future. Uh, you know, Hassan Reddick is, is a free agent. I do think that he's somebody that they need to bring back. He's 27, 28 years old. Um, Patrick Peterson, another, another free agent who, as we've mentioned before on the show, if they decide not to move him to safety, I think it's just in their best interest to let him go. Um, but again, really solid pieces on the defense. You know, JJ Watts can be playing opposite of Chandler Jones. They have Buda Baker. They have Isaiah Simmons. You know, they have the pieces that, that they can build around. Good pieces. It's yep. just going to, exactly. It's just going to be a matter of finding fill-ins here and there. Does this signing make them a Super Bowl contender? Personally, no. I don't, I don't think it does. I think that they have, I think they're, they're a few more years away from that. Are they a contender, obviously, in the NFC, the NFC West? Absolutely. Absolutely makes them stronger. J.J. Watt, we all know. He's had his history of injury issues. When he's healthy, he's one of the best, most dominant pass rushers in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Since he joined the NFL in 2011, well, since he was drafted, he leads the NFL in tackles for loss, batted balls. He's second in sacks. He's the only player in NFL history to have multiple 20-plus sack seasons with two in 2012 and 2014. So we know what he can do when he's actually healthy, but it's a matter of if he can play a full 16-game season healthy. That's the biggest concern that I have is going to be that health. But I do, I do like the move for Arizona. For, for J.J. Watt, I'm a little bit iffy, though, because I don't know if he actually came out and said that he wants to play for a contender. I think everyone just assumed that. Right. But it is just a two-year deal. I will say this. He's not going to win a Super Bowl with Arizona over the next two years. He's, what, 31, 32 years old, I believe? Something like that. So at the end of this two-year contract, he can leave Arizona – He's still getting that big money from them, leave Arizona, and then he can go, you know, kind of latch on to a team that 
gives him a better chance of winning a Super Bowl. I do think that this move was more money focused than championship focused. Yeah, and it's different. It's definitely hard to argue the financials because I mean. I heard, and I mean, I don't know how credible it was. I heard that it was between the Bills and the Cardinals based on money when it came down to it. And that's why I was a little bit upset because I was like, man, we were right there. But I think the Bills uh, were kind of looking in the 10 to 11 mil range on a one or two year deal uh, per year. So, I mean, I can't fault them for taking the money. I mean, it is what it is. These guys got to eat. They want to, you know, you know, take care of their life after football. So, I mean, I can't hate and fault the money. Does this team, like you said, make them a Super Bowl contender? I'm with you. I say no. I mean, there is pieces on this club offensively and defensively that will, again, make them rise. You give them a good draft class this year in 2021, you see maybe potential free agent signings if they can bring in some uh, quality people at bargain rates. I mean, and then you had youth talent. I mean, Buda Baker is one of the best in the league at his position. And I mean, he's like a Jamal Adams all over the field. You know, I, 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 I like this team. I like the, where they're headed. Um, maybe I can even say, depending on a great draft class in 2021, uh, another solid one in 2022. And if JJ's still on that club, there, there's maybe potential that they become the, the front runner in this division. Yeah, I agree. And, and like you said, like, even if they have a really strong draft this year, you know, it's going to take time to develop those rookies. Um, and I don't think JJ Watt's going to be around in time for that, for those rookies to develop. You know, they do certainly need to improve their, their secondary. They have Buda Baker, but I think that uh, the cornerback situation needs to improve. It, they need to get faster there. Um, adding another offensive weapon, another playmaker on offense for Kyler Murray would certainly help. Kenyon Drake is a free agent. So, I mean, I think, Tight end is obviously an issue as well. So there, there are some pieces that they're, they're still in need of, you know, in order to be able to compete with, you know, not just the Kansas City Chiefs and the, the Buffalo Bills, but also just in their own conference with, you know, currently Tampa Bay, Green Bay. I mean, there's still other teams that they have to compete with, the especially in their own division. Yeah. So once they can tackle the, the NFC West, then we can start talking about them worrying about, you know, the rest of the NFC and the NFL in general. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. But JJ said something. Here's the thing. You were so close, my man, to coming to Bill's Mafia. He says, because someone asked him the question, what was the influence from DeAndre Hopkins' role in recruiting you to Arizona? And JJ responds, and I quote, it does not hurt to have a guy that can catch a Hail Mary over three guys. Ouch. JJ, man. Why would you do me dirty like that, man? That shot's fired all day long. What are you doing? You not right only did there. he did he decide not to go to your team, but then he decided just to dig that knife oh. a little bit, a little bit further into the rib cage with that with that saying in there. Oh, that one hurt, man. What are you doing? I was sitting all over Twitter preaching the come to Bill's Mafia love, and you completely stabbed me in the back. Oh, JJ. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, you know, let's stick with Arizona a little bit. Cliff Kingsbury's been getting a lot of uh, bad publicity, uh, and I think it's unjust. And I want to talk about this a little bit because I'm a fan of Cliff Kingsbury. I believe you are as well. Agreed. So, to me, I don't understand why people are hating on Cliff Kingsbury so much. He this is This was his second season with the club. Yes, he did have NFL experience, not as a head coach, but he was primarily in the college system. What he's done in two years with this club 
especially with a player like Kyler Murray. We, we've talked about it with the four of us, myself, uh, you, Jake, and Kyle. We've talked about it, saying mm-hmm. that Cliff Kingsbury is kind of like that Kyle Shanahan light. He's not quite there at that same elite level that Kyle Shanahan is or, or Sean McVay is, but he's right there. He's coming up in that same progression, the same offensive genius that we have seen, the schemes, uh, uh, the play calls. Where he does fault, I will say, is his in-game management as the head coach. But, I mean, we've seen so many coaches. Talk about Matt Nagy when you're talking about uh, being a sideline guy. I mean, you you fail all the time. So I don't understand the hatred that Cliff Kingsbury is getting. Can you help me out on this, or or are you as as, as confused as I am? I'm just as confused as you are, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, he's he's still a new NFL head coach. he has a very young team, you know, like this team is going, I, I get it. It's been a couple of years now, but it's going to take time for this team to develop. It's going to take time for them to gel together. And it doesn't help when you're in a division like the NFC West, you know, where you have, you have other teams that are competing for a NFC championship and that are in the running year after year. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm completely right there with you. I'm, I'm a fan of, of Kingsbury. I want to see him succeed. I love, I love the young talent that he has. Um, and I just hope that that success comes sooner rather than later, because obviously if it doesn't, I mean, heck, Adam Gase held his job for as long as he did. Let's, let's, let's give Cliff a, a break here, right? Yeah. Pump the brakes a little bit on Cliff, man. Give him a break and look what he took over. Like, come on, if, if we're being real, I mean, okay. You, you made a great point saying that the NFC West is such a very strong division that should give him credence to say how good of a young head coach he is anyway, because he's competing in this division. Okay. I I just don't get all the hatred. I think he's doing a very good job. We'll see. This is year three is usually the staple of where you will start to move forward. So that's kind of where I am. If he fails in year three to even move uh, past what they did this past season in year two, then yes, then we can start dissecting Kingsbury to say, is he checking all the boxes that we hoped he would, or is he not? And I think that's a better evaluation on the man. I mean, look, they, they, they got rid of uh, um, Josh Rosen to draft a uh, Kyler Murray. So it was a complete changeover in year one. Again, he took over that team on, on the ground floor. So give the guy a break. I think he's doing a fine job. And I will say, when, when San Francisco comes back in 2021 and they're healthy, just imagine what that division would have looked like this year if the Niners were actually 100% healthy throughout the season. I mean, I think going into 2021, and I'm not going to say it's a hot take because I don't think I'm too far off when I say that the NFC West will be the most competitive division in all of football next year. Yeah, that's not a hot take. That's, that's just reality. I mean, you have, you've got the Rams now with Matthew Stafford. Who knows what's going to happen with, with Russell Wilson in Seattle? I do think he stays. So you still have the Seahawks there. The Niners healthy. I mean, they're one year removed from going to the Super Bowl and you have a, an up and coming Cardinals team. I mean, that's just a division that's primed for success. Agreed. Fully agree. I love it. You bring up Russell Wilson. Let's talk about Russell Wilson. He's okay. been in the news, man. He has been in the news. He dropped his teams that he is looking to potentially go to if the Hawks are willing to trade. He listed the Las Vegas Raiders, the New Orleans Saints, the Chicago Bears, and the Dallas Cowboys as teams that he would be willing to go to if they would trade. This throws lots of questions my way. I was thinking about this when I saw that. Dak Prescott has been saying that he wants to be paid 
right behind Patrick Mahomes. So that is in the realm of that 38 to $40 million a year. Um, is this a potential? Do, I'm throwing it out here. I haven't heard anything uh, that's going to clarify this as fact, but I'm throwing it out there. Is there a way that they tag Dak Prescott? They pull a deal with the Seahawks to flip both quarterbacks. Dak goes to Seattle. Wilson goes to Dallas. Maybe some picks and players also switch hands. Is that a possibility? And then Seattle extends Dak Prescott with the long-term deal that he wants, man. Does that sound crazy? Because I just made it up and I love it. It's not crazy, but my biggest question is, would Seattle want to extend him? Would they want to pay him that $38 million a year that he would be looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they would, especially where Pete Carroll has said that he wants to focus more on, on being a more of a, of a run heavy team. I don't think that they would go ahead and extend Dak Prescott, to be honest with you. Um, I will say for landing spots for Russell Wilson, I think Dallas and new Orleans would be phenomenal fits for him. Chicago, I would not, I would not like for him uh, just because I'm not a big Matt Nagy fan. I'm not a big fan of the pieces that they have in Chicago with Allen Robinson, you know, most likely on his way out. So, so I would say new Orleans and Dallas would be the, the top two options. Dallas, I'd say new Orleans, number one, because of their defense, Dallas's defense is just absolute trash. Right. But with, with new Orleans, I mean, you're, you're talking about getting the, the saints right back to the super bowl. I'm, I'm with that hundred percent. If he goes to new Orleans, I am the biggest Russell Wilson fan because I own shares of him in dynasty everywhere. And you would see a celebration on the street. I mean, Russell, Russell Wilson with Mara, Michael oh. Thomas. Oh, come on. Keep talking. There's lots of good stuff there. Yeah. I don't know, man. Vegas. I, I, okay. You know, they're up and coming. Would, would Russ do some good stuff there? I could see it, but I mean, that would be his between that and Chicago, that would be his least best opportunity to win anything of, of a Super Bowl within the next four years, I would assume. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's, he's 32, 33 years exactly. old. Like he's like, how, how much more football does he legitimately have? Like, I don't think he's going to be one of these Drew Brees, Tom Brady players where he, they, he plays into his 40s. Right. I can honestly see Russell Wilson hanging it up at 35. Sure. Yeah. And, and yeah. I can see that too. So maybe they're setting up for the afterlife after football with his wife, Sierra there, maybe that's the, the guiding principle. Maybe that has something to do with it. We did see also David Johnson. He is resigning with the, uh, or extending his, his one-year mm-hmm. deal there, $6 million, 4.25 million of it guaranteed. This was after they cut Duke Johnson off the roster. Are you surprised at this? I'm not really surprised. I, I thought, you know, there was potential for them to release Johnson based on his cap hit, uh, based on the money that they could have saved without eating much dead cap. Um, this is a good deal, I think, for both sides. I think David Johnson, this depends actually if, if Deshaun Watson stays. If Deshaun Watson goes, I mean, this could work two ways, you know, good for, for uh, fantasy football owners because David Johnson is going to see a plethora of volume um, within this offense, uh, depending on who the quarterback is, of course. But I mean, even if you have an average quarterback who likes to dump the ball off, I mean, I'm, I'm with David Johnson all day long at that, that ADP value where he's going to be falling uh, the deal. I can't hate either. So, so what are you thinking about all this? Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly fine with him as far as, you know, kind of, from a fantasy standpoint, you know, more of, of a value pick, um, you know, somebody who has that, that ceiling that he could certainly reach. Um, you know, he certainly, he certainly outperformed what he did in, in 2019 with Arizona, you know, when the Cardinals decided just to, 
you know, more or less make sure that he was a healthy scratch without actually saying that he was a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with Houston, you know, they didn't Houston. I will quickly with Duke Johnson. No team has utilized Duke Johnson the way that they probably should. They, they properly should. Exactly. Now that with David Johnson, most likely being that number one guy, you know, I could see him getting, you know, I would say no more than 200 uh, carries in a season, sure. but he's still that guy that's going to be able to get you, you know, 50, 60 targets in the receiving game. So, so yeah, him being that dual threat and him being such a big bodied running back. I mean, he's bigger than most of the receivers on Houston alone. So, so for me, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. So on the flip, what about Duke? Why, why do people hate Duke? I don't get this at all. This is like, I don't know if, I don't know if they just didn't watch him at Miami. Yeah. But like he, he can be a third, he can be a three down back. Like I know people don't think that he's that big of a running back, but he can carry the workload. Okay. He can do it all. He can, he can handle the ball on the ground. He can catch through the air. Give the man a chance. Like, why don't you love him? I don't, Just love him, they, folks. I don't know why they don't love him. I love him. I think he's fantastic. I mean, we, we seen the ability, the athletic ability when he was in Cleveland, we saw the one handed grabs. We saw him. He, he, he can run through the tackles. I mean, there's nothing he cannot do. Is he great at anything? Maybe catching is his best trait. Um, is he a jack of all trades? I would I would put him in that realm, but I think he is that step up from a guy like James White. Uh, I, I was just gonna say he's not he's not a satellite back. Right. Okay? He's not. He's not, he's not just a third down passing down back throw in there every now and then. Like, no, like he's somebody that that deserves 250 touches in a season. Touches, yeah, absolutely. If touches. You put, yeah, yes. if you put rushes and receptions into two, yep, absolutely. I, I think Duke Johnson has a baller of a season. So basically, now we're talking about Duke. Where do we want to see him go? And if he does go somewhere, I have the greatest spot for him, and I hope it works. Where do we want to see him go, especially for fantasy football, to make him relevant again for us? You want me to tell him my I mean, there, there, I already know what you're going to say, so you go. Yes. It's not the Bills. It's not the Bills. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. I want him in Atlanta. It'll be like the resurrection, the resurrection of Eric Metcalf. Hmm. All right. How's that? I mean, minus, minus the returning. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Stop. But no, I, I can say that. I mean, obviously, I obviously the Todd Gurley experiment didn't work. You know, they, they, they got, they got rid of Devonta Freeman a couple of years ago. So I think that, I think that we'd be perfectly fine. You know, where Atlanta's defense is always hit and miss, uh, especially this past season, we didn't know which Falcons team was going to show up. Mm-hmm. My concern with with him in Atlanta would be there are a lot of mouths to feed. You have Julio Jones, you have Ridley, you have Hayden Hurst. Um, we've seen we've seen that they like to not just commit to one running back. We saw we did see a lot of uh, of Hill and Ido Smith this year with Gurley, and granted that could be because Gurley's knee was just you know it's just it's not what it needs to be, and so that could have been them giving Gurley more of a rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he needs to go to a team that is going to be willing to commit to him as a as a two three down back. That's going to give him the touches that he needs. And I don't know if Atlanta is that team. It is. Just get. On I hope board. it. Is. I, I I I hope it would be. Just get. I just on board don't know if I opinions, trust them, man. Just. I don't help. trust Atlanta to do that. Okay, fair enough. Do you know what's probably going to happen? He's probably going to get signed in Philly and, and kill the Miles Sanders juice. That's probably what's going to happen. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm actually trying to I'm trying to move. 
my Miles Sanders shares that I currently have in Dynasty. Yeah, it's fearful right now, yeah. man. We have to get through a full uh, off season here of, of signing and everything and draft before we can be safe again if Miles is the yep. key guy. More free agent news. Cut cap, casual, uh, cap casualty, I should say. The Dolphins, man, they make a surprise with Kyle Van Noy, your boy from, from New England. They, they, they sign him to this four-year, massive $51 million contract. They had, what, $30 million guaranteed with, with <laughs> stipulation on it, though. Um, and, and they cut him one and done after one season. He was good. I mean, there was nothing bad in his play to suggest that he shouldn't be returning to the Finns. I don't know. You know, so this this bodes to me that this was just strictly a cap cut uh, trying to save dollars because from what I looked up into the, the contract, it was 15 million was uh, due to him on the signing bonus and the other 12.5 million was due March 21st. So they just got ahead of the curve and they cut him before they had to pay that extra 12.5 million. And that is a pretty uh, 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 ruthless business, man. Uh, yeah. And I do want to quickly say that the dolphins were actually my team of where I, where I think Duke Johnson should go. Oh yeah. Um, Sorry to uh, to all the uh, all, all the Dolphins fans out there, but I do yeah. think Duke Johnson would be a great fit there. Um, and one thing that our boy Jake uh, tweeted out earlier today regarding Kyle Van Noy, this past season he made six hundred and fifty two thousand dollars per solo tackle on that contract just to get released. You know, I only wish. I only wish. That, man. That's a that's a that's a good few months of work right there. Yeah, that's good. Um, I will say this: I do think that. A so one thing that I, I was reading is that they aren't going to just release him first. They're going to try to trade him, and if they can't trade him, then they're going to release him. Ah, okay. But let's be honest. I mean, no team is going to be like, yeah, I'll trade for him because they most likely know he's going to get released, and they're just going to try to go after him anyway. Yeah, and why take the why take the money if 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 you can get him? Why lose a draft pick? Exactly. You know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think I think New England obviously makes a ton of sense. You know, he has the history there. He has he's proven that you know obviously he knows the system. He has performed extremely well. That's why he got paid the money he did in Miami by Brian Flores because that's his former defensive coordinator. So um, I think Van Noy makes a lot of sense. The Patriots need to, they need to improve at their linebacker position. They are going to get Dante Hightower back this year who opted out this past season due to COVID. Um, but again, their linebacking core needs a lot of help. I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of their main targets in, in the draft this year. Maybe not at number 15, but certainly rounds two and three, I could see them going after that, that direction. Um, so I do think my, I think New England certainly makes a ton of sense. You know, I'm going to be selfish here and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to preach Homerville here. I want him to come to Buffalo. I think Kyle Van Noy in Buffalo would be the perfect compliment to Tremont Edmonds. I think that he would absolutely give the bills what they require at the position. It was between Van Noy now and Kirksey. I Kirksey came in for a visit last year to Buffalo. He ended up signing in green Bay. Um, I, this is, this is a position of need and, and you're not going to find a better guy who, you know, can play like Van Noy um, on the open market. Yes. You're probably going to have to pay a little bit more, but I would do a short deal two year deal, you know, load up the bonus money in year one and, and get them in Buffalo and see if you can make a run. I, I, I stick it to your Patriots, man. No, I, I, I like the move a lot. Actually. I think it makes a ton of sense for the bills. Um, you know, with Edmonds in the middle, it gives them an outside guy that can also line up as a defensive end and rush the passer. Um, that noise kind of a, a jack of all trades when it comes to to the linebacker position, you know, he can get sacks. He makes those open field tackles. He can play in coverage. Mm. Um, he's not the fastest guy, but that's okay. You know, he's, he's got that high football IQ. 
And I do think that linebacker and speed in general is something that the Bills need to do to, to really kind of you know improve upon. Uh, but I think having a playmaker like Van Noy is something that could certainly help them. And it's that coverage. That's exactly what they require. They need another cover yep. linebacker to help that secondary and need like to cover those guys like Travis Kelsey, man. We just like, you know, I'm still having nightmares about Travis Kelsey. That's not a good thing, man. We're in Feb. We're in March. I'm see. I'm not even know what the month is. I'm still having nightmares. He's going to haunt your dreams until haunting me. Damn it. the Dolphins. Let's stick with the Dolphins. All this talk about the Dolphins. I know we got some uh, some listeners who are Dolphins fans, and I'm a little bit confused. Maybe not confused, but I, I, I maybe I'm upset. I think that's the better the better term I want to use. I'm a little upset because I okay. I'm not a Miles Gaskin supporter per se, but I love Salvin Ahmad. I think that he is legit one of the underrated players at the position. He was undrafted. I think he's got so much juice. I think he should be given the chance. Yes, the injuries are the concern. We saw it again last year when it came to the volume. But are we buying this narrative that the Miami Dolphins are looking to make a big splash in the open market for a running back if there is one there to be had, like an Aaron Jones? Or are they going to go in the draft and, and, and snag one and pilfer one off the draft board? Or do they have enough confidence in Gaskin and, and Ahmad? Um, I personally would, would look elsewhere at running back. No, um, not. I mean, there's there's this guy out there named Duke Johnson that I think might work really well. Um, but no, I, I think that um, I, I personally would not. I probably wouldn't pay the money for Aaron Jones. Um, and I, I really like Aaron Jones, but he's this past season. And it could be because there was, there was just so much inconsistency with the rotation of that Green Bay backfield that, you know, maybe he just really does need to be that number one main guy. You know, just give him cons- consistent touches and just let him get going but he's also one of those running backs where if he doesn't have that big, you know, that big run for like 60, 70 yards, he may finish the game with 45 rushing yards and no touchdowns, maybe a touchdown. Yeah. So I I think if they're going to go after one of the draft, it it won't be the first round. If you want to try to get, you know, Harris or, or Etienne, I think round two would be the way to, to go about doing it because you want to use those two first round picks that you have on other areas of opportunity. Yeah, it's such a difficult one because you know that they're building in the right direction. What did they have 10 wins last season? I just I really struggle with this because if if everyone we th- we've heard this so many times and and I, this isn't my opinion. This is opinion that we've seen littered all over Twitter especially is is running backs don't matter. Why are you paying your running backs big dollars? And, and everyone always goes to the Zeke Elliott. Look at Zeke Elliott's contract, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not of that opinion. Do I think they should shell out big dollars for Aaron Jones and to the tune of like 15 million? I'd probably say no, because you know what? You were very good on the ground last season. Okay, maybe not elite, but does Aaron Jones literally bring you to that next level of, of success and productivity that, that a, a tandem between Gaskin and Mod can't do for you? Yeah. And I think with Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones is, is one of those running backs where he's very, at least two seasons ago in 2019, he was very touchdown dependent. That's where the majority of his fantasy production came from. Right. And we didn't necessarily see that same Aaron Jones this past season. Um, and that's my biggest concern. If you're going to be paying that kind of money for somebody you know, if you're going to be paying $15, $16 million a year for a running back, you better hope that he is a consistent game in and game out performer. 
Yeah, you're talking like in the realm of what, 280 to 325 in touches if you're paying $15 million for a back. He's got to be the focal point of your offense. Uh, and, and maybe that's what they're looking for. Maybe if, if, they, if they go the Tua route and, and Deshaun doesn't leave Houston to Miami and, and Tua is your guy and, and maybe you want to make him a little more comfortable, in, in that type of a situation, I can understand wanting a running back who can help carry the load to ease the pressure as Tua continues to grow. Then, yes, I understand why you would want to do it and why you're entertaining it. But, I mean, I still think, you know, uh, yes, they had a, what, Brita, they had uh, Ahmad and then Gaskin, and they had one more in there. They had, uh, who, who else did they have? There was one more in there. Oh, um, Ahmad, Gaskin. Yeah, there was somebody else. Another, another, now I was just thinking about this. Another free agent that they could probably bring in for not a lot of money because they, it could be almost like a prove it deal. Bring in James Conner for a one or two year contract oh. for just a little bit of money. You know, let him prove that he can stay healthy and that he can produce and let him carry the workload for you. And I love that all day long. I mean, you're going to get a discount where he's probably going to likely get lower than Melvin Gordon money. So, yeah, I like that a lot better. I mean, I think Gordon, for the value that you can get him on the dollar, I think he's very reliable health-wise uh, with the exception if he can stay on the field. I mean, that's his only criticism. But, yeah, I like that too. I like And that. last year, you can't put the blame on Connor because Pittsburgh just decided that they, did, they didn't want to run the ball. They were just going to let Big Ben just throw his arm off. So Yeah, 600 times throwing when you had Connor in the, in the back there just sitting. Alex Smith, man, I predicted this in the Washington uh, workbook on Patreon. For those of you who don't know, go sign up for Patreon. Lots of good content there. Washington says they are willing to cut Alex Smith. And this comes, and I knew this was going to happen simply because of his cap hit is $23 million, $8.6 million post June 1st designation is going to be in dead cap. So they're going to get a lot of savings in the Alex Smith. This helps Washington now revamp their entire roster because that 20 million added to what they already had. They can add a wide receiver in free agency. Kenny Galladay, wink, wink, potentially. Um, I could see that happening. You, you team up Terry and Kenny together. I mean, I just, my juices just got flowing even more. I love it. But where else do you see Alex Smith going, man? New England. You see him? Oh, I hope not. No, no, I don't want him in New England. I can um, see it. I don't. I but why? You know, like why? Why? <laughs> what would be the purpose of him? Why? What would be the, the 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 reason for him going to New England? Like, what is he going to do for the Patriots that Cam Newton did or didn't do? You know. True. Throw yes, ball? yes. Alex Smith can probably throw the ball farther than ten yards down the field. Right. Don't get me wrong. But he doesn't. He's captain check down for a reason. Exactly. So so no. Um, I mean, wherever he goes, he's going to be a backup. Let's, let's be honest. He's not going to go to a team and be a starting quarterback. Um, so for where he could go, he literally could go almost anywhere, but he'd have to be willing to take a backup role. And if I'm Washington, I've got the 19th overall pick in the draft this year. If you're looking to replace and try to find your franchise quarterback, you are most likely going to have to be trading up. You're going to have to try to get up into the top 10, top 12, maybe, um, because obviously – Lawrence and Wilson are going to be gone. Fields could be very well be gone in the top 10, most likely top five, maybe. Um, I know Fields is starting to drop a little bit in, in mock drafts. So that means you're looking at guys like Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Trey Lance, um, Trey Lance of course. Um, I will say this, if they do decide to move up, um, I would say Trey Lance or Mac Jones would probably be my picks personally. I think, I think Kyle Trask is on the outside of that group there, Yep, but 
but for me, yeah, Mac Jones, uh, Kyle, sorry, Mac Jones or Trey Lance absolutely would be options. But again, they're going to have to move up because neither of those guys will most likely be there at 19. So, and I agree. And, and, and the thing with Trey Lance is I still think he's quite raw. I do Agreed. like his skill set a lot, though. He reminds me of the, the potential of, of a Josh Allen. Uh, I'm still working out the film on that guy. You're going to see that on Headliner. You will talk about that in a minute. But Trey Lance, to me, if he goes to a team like Washington, he requires, I would assume, somebody there to help uh, give him some tutelage, some education on, on how to be a better pro. But Alex Smith will no longer be there. Yeah, dude, have you you've not heard of of Taylor Heineke? The, I mean, come the, on, the, the savvy veteran <laughs> Heineke. <laughs> he can teach him how to be Superman, diving for pylons. From a from a selfish perspective, I would love to see the Patriots move up from fifteen to get. And I, I, I a lot of people may not be on this train, um, but I I am a big fan of Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones. I, I, I like I, Mac I Jones. I think Mac Jones with Bill Belichick in that system, yep. I think he could do very well. I don't, I, again, that's another one of those things that it just, you know, someone put out there that Mac Jones isn't a quality quarterback and everyone starts running with it. I mean, is there things in his game that needs cleaning? Sure. I mean, a lot of these youngsters need refinement. I mean, you're, at times you're going to even argue the point that Trevor Lawrence is going to need uh, some refinement to his game. Is it as much as Mac Jones? Maybe not, but I, I like Mac. I think, I think he's going to be uh, one of those guys that he's going to get picked lower in the draft because people are fading him. But the team that he's going to get to uh, to play on is likely going to have a better overall roster, which will usually equate to that better success. And then people will start to say, huh, did we miss on Mac Jones? And you know why I also like Mac Jones? Because he has the same physical physique as a Mr. Tom Brady did coming out of Michigan. Yes. All right. So ball. Mac Jones, Tom Brady, that's the correlation. I like it. I like it a lot. They're both 22 year olds with dad bods. Dad bods. Yeah. That's, that's the key to success in the NFL, apparently to be the goat and to win like a thousand Super Bowls. Science. Science. Have that dad bod before you start in the NFL. Kyle Rudolph, he finds his way onto the street today as well. We saw this cut just recently. It's a basically breaking news. It won't be when this pod drops, but we're breaking it anyway. $9.4 million cap hit, 4.3 dead hit. This wasn't a surprise. I mean, we had to have seen this coming. Rudolph said he was not uh, willing to take a pay cut. So, you know, uh, the Vikings have cap issues of their own. We knew this was going to happen. And why, Chris? Why was this going to happen? There's a guy there behind him named Irv Smith. There is. And actually, I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised that the Vikings didn't let go of Rudolph last year or the year before. I'm, I was more surprised when they signed him that that extension. So was I as opposed to releasing him. Yeah. So yeah, I think we all saw this coming. Um, there was a lot of talk on Twitter because the second this news broke myself, among other people started tweeting out hashtag Irv Smith season with that new, with that, you know, really popular, fancy, cool guy S Z N yeah. for season because we're, we're too cool. cool and we want to just abbreviate everything. We're too cool. for But stuff. exactly. Look at me. Yeah. And so I think that when I saw that, I was like, okay, people are, are, they're jumping to conclusions a little bit. Like people, Irv Smith, this doesn't immediately make him a top five, like greatest of all time tight end. No, no. what it does is it opens up opportunities for him. 
Is he now going to become the number one or number two option on his team? Of course not. No. We know that Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and even Dalvin Cook to a lesser extent are going to get the majority of the targets there. But what it does is it frees up about 40 to 45 extra targets for him for a player that's going into his third season in the league. And if anyone knows, looking at league history, it takes tight ends two to three seasons before they really start to develop, before they may break out, before they really start to flourish with those teams. Because half, or sorry, more than half of the top 12 tight ends in fantasy this year have been in the league for four or fewer seasons, the majority of them two to three, i.e., Mike Kosicki, Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews. So I want to say that I'm excited about Irv Smith. I think he absolutely has top 10 fantasy production or, or potential this coming season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the best at blocking, so he's not going to have to worry about that. I mean, the majority of his time blocking was at run blocking, and he wasn't the best at that. But I will say he's he's not undersized for a tight end but he's not like that 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six frame. He's 6'2", so he's a little bit on the shorter size, but he is super athletic. Right. And that's what this, you know, this, this era of tight end now in the NFL is really looking at. You want those athletic people who can run routes, who can make those plays. Um, Mike Kosicki is a terrible blocker, absolutely awful in blocking, awesome. but he finished as a top five, top six fantasy tight end this year. So I do think that Irv Smith, given the targets, given the opportunity, has the ability to be a really good mid to late round steal in your drafts coming this year. Because while everyone's freaking out about Irv Smith right now, between now and August, a lot of people are going to start to forget about him. So let me get this straight. If I heard you correctly, you just predicted one of the best tight end classes for fantasy football production is coming this season. Correct. Oh, Hold on a second while I change my pants. But I agree. And also, I want to keep, I want people to keep in mind that the Vikings are one of the teams that like to run a lot of 12 man personnel, which means they run a lot of two tight end sets. Nobody more than the Philadelphia Eagles, though that is probably going to drop now since Earth is is on the way out. Mm -hmm. But the Vikings do run two tight end sets about 20 to 25% of the time. Um, It was actually more than that in 2019, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. They do still have uh, Conklin, who's most likely going to be moving into that, that, you know, tight end two spot for Minnesota, but I think they might use him more as a blocker as, you know, than a receiver. So take that for what it's worth. But again, with guys like Kasiki, Hurst, Andrews, Johnu Smith, who I forgot to mention, you know, these are all guys that finished in the top 12 this past year who have been in the league for two, three, four seasons John, I'm sorry, Irv Smith Jr. is going into his third season. So look for that, that productivity to really start to increase where he doesn't have to worry about fighting for targets, especially red zone targets with somebody like Kyle Rudolph. Yes. Here's how I see Mr. Irv Smith. I'm excited. I like the skill set. I do. I think he's extremely talented. You're absolutely on point. He can't block. And if he can up that in, I want to say even 50% of, of what he's shown in the past, I think that is, is night and day improvement. How I see, excuse me, this offense moving forward. Obviously Jefferson is your guy. Thielen is still your guy. We do have the question mark of who will be throwing them the ball. Maybe this is Alex Smith. Maybe that's part of this as well. I just, I threw up in my mouth. I'm sorry. sorry. I had to do it. But I, but I mean, 
how I see this going is, is there's so many problems on this Minnesota defense that they're going to have to uh, rectify in the NFL draft in free agency. They don't have a lot of cap money. So I'm going more toward the NFL draft is where they're going to try to uh, uh, build more depth and build some more starter capability. I think they, they neglect the offense a little bit because they, they, they have proven what they can do even with Kirk Cousins. And I'm, I'm not a Kirk Cousins hater whatsoever. I think Kirk was very good uh, in his time. I mean, okay, he wasn't over the top, but he was, he was very serviceable and, and, and should have given uh, uh, Jefferson the rookie of the year this past season. But, I mean, I digress. But, I mean, Irv Smith is going to be that third option on this team, potentially, or uh, third option in the receiving game without Dalvin Cook, without taking him into account in the receiving game. I think Irv Smith is going to be that guy who's going to take more of the target share than Kyle Rudolph could have ever had because of that athletic ability. I think if you're stretching the field with both uh, Jefferson and Irv Smith, I think there's ample opportunity for him to make big plays. This is what I want to see. Is it going to happen? I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm about this optimism that Irv Smith is going to be that guy. You may have to wait a little bit on that production. It may start slow in the season, but I think when we get around the week six, seven mark of next year, I think that's when he's going to start to blow up. Yeah. And I think as far as, you know, areas where the Vikings really need to start looking at, it's going to, it's gotta be that offensive line. Um, just watching the games last year of the Vikings, I mean, Kirk Cousins had no time to get rid of the ball. So that offensive line and that defensive front, you know, um, yep. look at a guy like Gregory Rousseau is someone that they, may, they might target, you know, with that mid-round pick that they have. Uh, but certainly they need to get faster at edge ed, ed rusher and they need to do something to protect whatever quarterback they may end up with. And they're secondary, man. They lost everybody in the open market the season uh, prior. And yeah, they, they had some holes. So we got yeah. to move on. I saw this one. I thought this was kind of interesting. I got to laugh at this one. The Baltimore Ravens shocking the world here, Chris. Shocking the world. Did you see this? I did not. I'm now I'm very interested to see what's happening. You're going to be disappointed with what I'm about to say, but I mean, it's a shocker. It's not really a shocker because they said they're not in the game for Mr. Allen Robinson. It is not a shocker to me. I am disappointed beyond measure. Of course they're not. Of course they're not. See, that, that was exactly my thought process. Why, why would they want a... An all elite star. talent and wide receiver. Exactly. Why Why bring an all-pro who can catch passes for your strong-armed quarterback and make your strong-armed quarterback look very good in the process? Why would you do that in, in, a, in a league where you want to win? I, Don't I, get me wrong. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of DuVernay. I absolutely. Me too. me too. Devin DuVernay is not a number two wide receiver. No, he's okay? Not. He's not. Um. You bring in somebody like Allen Robinson, he's your number one, okay? Hollywood Brown becomes your number two. You throw Hollywood Brown in the slot, you can have Duvernay on the outside. You've got burners on one side of the field, then you have the superb route-running, sure-handed Allen Robinson on the other side of the field. Mm. And what are you doing, Baltimore? To even come out that emphatic, too. It was, it was like, no, we don't want good receivers here. Why would you even give me that question? That's like them saying, you know, we don't want Allen Robinson, but uh, hey, uh, hey, hey, Curtis Samuel, how you doing? <laughs> like I can absolutely see them yeah. doing something absurd like that. Right. 
overpaying a Curtis Samuel when you need a dog like Allen Robinson on your on your lineup there in the in the wide receiver room. I I don't get it, man. I I was I was laughing. I was legit laughing to myself when I saw this. I said, "Why would you not?" Unless they covet a wide receiver in this draft, but again, you're going down that path of having this rookie learn. Have you not seen some of these teams, the, the Arizona Cardinals, the Buffalo Bills come into play? You got DeAndre Hopkins. You got Stefan Diggs. Look what veteran talent wide receiver that you know can do with a sound quarterback. And also look at who your quarterback currently is. Right. Lamar Jackson, as much as I enjoy him and I, I really love his talent, Lamar Jackson is not going to make a wide receiver better. Yes. A player like Allen Robinson is going to make Lamar Jackson better. Well said. Well said. And that's exactly correct. I agree. I think, I think he will bring so much of that uh, negative attention on the accuracy of Lamar Jackson, that it's just going to be a marriage magical conjunction. Like you would want. Why would Baltimore? I'm listen, Baltimore. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Should I play the, are you a moron song for that? Because I think that, that, that warrants, are you a moron? Yeah. Baltimore actually should have led that off. That's for you, Baltimore, because in that case, you are a moron. Baltimore is the reason why I drink. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Tags. We haven't seen many tags yet. Everything is still moving slow, man. You know, and we, we, I saw a rap sheet. He, he dropped something today. It was about Kenny Galladay. I really don't want Kenny Galladay back in Detroit, Chris. I don't. I want him to move on, and that's why I brought up Washington. I thought him with Terry McLaurin, it'd be okay. I, they need the quarterback I, I, to make right. it all come together. I get it. You know, everyone's saying, Chris, you know, who the hell's going to throw the ball? I get it. I get it. You know, it's just my excitement because I like how Washington is building. They draft Justin Fields. They sign Kenny Galladay. Now what are we talking? We're talking glory. Are we not? Yeah, if I'm, if I'm the Lions, I don't want to tag Galladay. Like, I, this, this, this franchise, it just seems – it has all the makings of just a rebuild, okay? And Galladay missed just about the entire season this year. Let him move on to greener pastures and let him do his thing elsewhere, okay? Don't allow that talent to just completely be submerged. And, Kyle, I apologize for what I'm about to say – but don't allow a star player like Galladay be submerged in your cesspool of an organization that you have going on right now where he can go and do better things elsewhere. Okay. So yeah, if I'm Detroit, I'm letting him move on and I'm just focusing on the future because Galladay deserves better. He does deserve deserve better. better. He deserves so much better. Just like the Calvin Johnson's deserved better. Like the Barry Sanders deserved better. And you said it with like poetic justice, man. A cesspool of kneecap eaters should not have Kenny Galladay. Okay, sorry, Kyle. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I, I, I kind of feel. I feel. I feel a little bad for calling it a cesspool of an organization, but not that bad. I'm not taking it back. Okay. I still. I said what I said. You said what you said, and you're not gonna apologize. How about we flip it, man? We got some dynasty games, but with a twist. You want to do this? Ooh, with a twist. With a twist. What kind of twist? I don't have to sing. Like a a dancing twist? Like a twist and shout? No, no twist and shout. It's a twist in the game. Okay, I was going to say, because you can't do that, you might tear an Achilles or something. (laughs) I'll tear my my other Achilles. (laughs) I'm not going to sing this time, but it's Dynasty Games. Dynasty Games. I still sing. I can't get it. You just sing. Yeah, I know. I know. 
This is by low candidates, Chris. I, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. This is interesting because, you know, we're typically for those of you who don't know, now that we are on all the podcatchers, now you're going to understand what this show is about. We do a little bit of the Dynasty Games. Dynasty Games is how we can discuss these players' value. And normally, typically, we compare one to the other to see which one we're going at. And this evolves as the weeks go by. Right now, I want to talk about potential buy-low candidates. Chris, my question is, are they buy-low candidates? And if so, why? And do you want them on your roster come this season, especially as of today? First one I have is Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I think I think he's definitely a buy low buy low candidate, um, especially with Kenyon Drake as a a free agent. You know, it sounds like the Cardinals are most likely going to be moving on from him. So if, if Edmonds is able to get the touches, then absolutely he's somebody that I would certainly be be interested in. You know, kind of kind of reaching out to whoever owns him. You know, throw out a, a couple of offers there. I think if you could get Chase Edmonds for a third round pick, hmm. like a twenty twenty one third in your dynasty league, I would be more than okay with that. Maybe even a fourth. I'd probably start with a fourth and then work my way up to a third. I would not pay any more than that, though, for Chase Edmonds. So here's the concern in my eyes. If you make this move tomorrow, are you worried they're drafting another running back? No. At least not one that would make that much of a significant impact into, you know, that would be fantasy relevant because I do think that this team has more needs outside of running back for them to focus on a, you know, an early round pick on a, on a running back. Good answer. I like that answer a lot. I will not even argue it or dispute it because it was too good. David Montgomery, is he by low? He is not by low. Um, unfortunately, his price tag has risen because of the year that he had, especially the second half of the season. So unfortunately, if you're going to try to get David Montgomery, that memory of what he's done is still fresh in that owner's mind. So you're most likely going to have to overpay or David Montgomery. Um, if you want to try to buy low on him, I wait until after free agency in the draft, see what the bears do and then make a decision. But no, right now you most likely would have to overpay for him. See, based on that comment alone to say, waiting till after the draft, I'm of the opinion that it's potential to, to, to sell the buy low on David Montgomery to say the bears don't have a quarterback. He's going to get stacked boxes all day long. If I'm a David Montgomery owner, I'm actually looking to sell high on him right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't hate that answer either. I would still, if I'm the buyer, if you're going to buy David Montgomery, you're saying every two seconds, they don't have a quarterback. It's going to be 10 man boxes. First time in NFL history, 11 man box. We're going to see it. Saquon Barkley. Is he by low? Yes, he is. He He is. is. And which is crazy to think for me, he's still my RB two in dynasty rankings. Um, but a lot of people are going to be scared away because of that ACL injury, because of that high ankle sprain injury he had two years ago. People are overreacting right now, and they're starting to label him as injury prone mm-hmm. and that he can't stay healthy. It's like the dude is 23 years old still. Okay. He's built like Adrian Peterson. Is he going to have an Adrian Peterson type comeback? Maybe not. But I do think that if anyone can do it, it's him. He's built differently than other running backs out there. He's talented. He knows. I'm just, I'm going to say this Saquon Barkley, if you can get him and you can buy low on him, absolutely go ahead and do it because he's going to be a top five dynasty running back for the next five plus years. And I love that you said that because I'm all in on, on Saquon. I think he comes back 
even stronger this year. He's going to be running with so much anger and frustration because of the injuries over the past two seasons. I think Barkley is going to be one of the best fantasy football running backs in 2021. Uh, it, the future is continuously bright for this young man. Obviously, health, okay, fine. He's had a run of bad luck, but we've seen AP uh, tear his ACL and come back and run for 2,000 yards almost. So I'm, I'm yeah. all for it. I think that Saquon is, is if you're buying, you definitely go and buy. Even if you have to add a little bit of extra to it, it's still a low, and, and there's guys that will have a needy roster that will we'll sell them for on the cheap. So I, I don't know. I'll say this. If – if before this this past season, you know, if you were you know pre twenty twenty, it most likely was going to cost you three future three first round picks in dynasty to get Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Okay, right now, if you own the one hundred one or the one hundred two pick in this year's draft, I would not be surprised if you're able to get Saquon Barkley for that one first round pick. And if you can, you hit that accept button faster than the the other owner has a chance to decline it. Man, palm smash that accept button if that's the case. 100%. Yep. Zeke Elliott, he's got to be by low. He is also by low. Again, I would make sure if you want to make a move for him, do it before Dak Prescott makes a decision. Mm. Because if Dak Prescott does go back to the Dallas Cowboys, Zeke's stock goes back up to where it was before. Um, so if you are going to be buying low on Zeke, now is the time to do it. Absolutely. And that's where I'm going to caution all the listeners who own Zeke hold the man until Dak signs his deal. Or if Russell Wilson gets on that squad, do not sell him on the cheap. That's the only advice I can give you on Zeke because he still is very young, very talented. The where he got a little bit of a pass last year because the workload wasn't as strong. So I'm still in on Zeke. I think with, with a talent, like a, like a Dak, I think that this offense hums along and he is still going to be that guy. My guy, your guy, Kyle's guy, I don't know, Joe Mixon. He's definitely. Is he a buy low? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, I there's there are very few starting running backs out there that are as much of a buy low than, than Joe Mixon is. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you can get Joe Mixon for a second round, like a second and a third, to be honest with you. Um, the way that would he, you do that? I would do that all day long. I still would. Oh, if I, if I could get Joe Mixon for a second and a third, absolutely. I would, I would certainly do that. Um, if somebody wanted him for a first, I probably would, I might hesitate to be honest with you. Um, and I like Joe Mixon. I like the talent, but it's super hard to trust him right now. If you're going to be paying top dollar for him, yeah. you know, if you're able to get him at a discount. Certainly. I think it's worth the, worth the risk. Um, but if you're moving a first round pick, I would have some hesitation. Yeah, I agree. I think with the the uh, uh, un, the knowledge that we don't know is where I'm going with that with uh, Joe Burrow. If if when he's going to come back, if he's going to start the year on the pup, I mean that's going to cause a lot of problems. This offensive line is still in shambles, so they got a they got a lot of work to do on that team. But yeah, definitely buy low on Joe Mixon, very low. Miles Sanders is he buy low? Not as much, to be honest with you, um, and I say that because of what we saw from him when Jalen Hurts was inserted as the the starting quarterback. It certainly opened up a lot of lanes for for Sanders to run. You know, they weren't stacking the box as much because they were worried about Jalen Hurts, you know, breaking loose. And the Eagles' offensive line was a little bit in shambles. They're going to be coming back healthy now. So I'm I'm a Miles Sanders owner in one of my dynasty leagues. I'm actually actively trying to to move him right now. And I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I'm looking at the owners who have a top two 
maybe not top three, but I would say top two dynasty pick. Like if someone has that 101, 102, I'm pushing Miles Sanders out there for him. Um, and I'm even throwing in, actually, I made it, I made a trade offer today for the 101. And I'm pretty sure that that person doesn't listen to this podcast. So I'm going to say exactly what that trade was. Um, I offered him Miles Sanders and Hayden Hurst for the 101 overall pick. I don't hate it. Yeah. I don't hate it. Rashad Penny. Any interest in Penny right now? Yeah, a, a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, again, he's somebody that I'd be okay trying to trying to get a – I would try to first offer a third-round pick for him, and if they say no, I'd be okay with then making it a second round. Um, I'm, to- I'm totally fine with a second round for Penny. For, for Penny, absolutely. As of today, because we don't know how this is going to happen in the draft or free agency, they're letting Carson go because they don't want to pay. I don't foresee Seattle going to pay another running back with it when they had Carson. Yeah, health aside, I, I mm-hmm. see them going to the draft again. I see them looking for, for a running back, a rookie running back. And, and you know, Pete Carroll, he defaults a lot of his work to the veterans and Penny's one of those guys who has had problems with staying uh, healthy and, 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 you know, Pete Carroll's going to give him the, the first crack at it. And if he loses the job, then he loses the job. But I think Penny right now is, is the go-to in, in Seattle. I agree. I'm, I'm right there with you. Michael Thomas, Mr. Slamp boy. Oh, slant boy. Slant. Yeah. I, I, I think that with Drew Brees retiring or maybe retiring there, of course he's been working out. Who knows what's going on there? Yeah. Um, what's up, Drew, man? You know, we're waiting, man. But, but without Drew Brees, yeah, Michael Thomas is going to be a buy low, I think, because, I mean, even in, even in redraft formats, he's probably going to go in the second round next year as opposed to being that top three receiver that's taken. Um, so I think that with, with Dynasty, as he's getting up there in age, he's 27, 28 years old. So, yeah, I, th- I certainly think he's someone that I would test the waters and be like, hey, you know, what do you want for, what do you want for an aging Michael Thomas with no Drew Brees? And just phrase it just like that. Exactly. Great. For, I'll give you a fourth, a fourth rounder. <laughs> I'll give you a fourth because Taysom Hill is probably going to be his quarterback. Yeah. I'll give you a fourth <laughs> because I'm doing you the favor. Let's throw a tight end in there for good measure. Hunter Henry. Uh, I think he's a buy low. Absolutely. I also think it depends on what team he signs with. Um, but right now he is, he is a buy low because he's almost like that tight end that people have just forgotten about because of the injuries that have happened over the years. You know, everyone right now is talking about Kelsey Kittle, Waller, but they're also talking about those up and coming young tight ends, such as Mike Kosicki, John Smith, Irv Smith Jr. is another one who has that top 10 potential. And Hunter Henry at 26 years old is kind of like that guy that people have just forgotten about a little bit. Even Logan Thomas is getting the love. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. Hunter Henry is the, he is that, that young tight end that can still produce that no one's really talking about. If he leaves LA and there was a healthy Joe Burrow, I would love him in Cincinnati. Just love Hunter Henry in Cincinnati. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Cincinnati, obviously, no, no Tyler Eifert, um, and they've had their issues at tight end. So I think Cincinnati would be, would be a great fit. Um, I mean, he's a great blocker. He can help in that respect. He, he does two yep. things for you. He gives you the big body, uh, reliable wide receiver you want for Joe Burrow. He can help block, and, and you can get him at a good price, I would think. I think in Arizona, I'd love him in Arizona too. Oh, that'd be nice too. That'd be very yeah. nice. How's that for the flip of dynasty games? I think that added a nice new twist. I like it. I like it a lot. Right. And I got more ideas up in this thing. Not just a hat rack, man. Not just a hat rack. 
But yes, Chris, let's tell the people one last time. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Headliner U, we, we dropped the first video on Monday. Chris and I, uh, we, we, we covered Mr. Trevor Lawrence. There's going to be lots of good stuff uh, going on over there. Lots of scouting reports. We're going to do mock drafts, uh, grading. Uh, we're going to be discussing so many things over there. So definitely uh, hit us up on Headliner U. Hit that subscribe button. You know, Follow us on the videos. We're doing good stuff over there. But I mean, that's all I got, Chris. Anything else? That's all I got. I got I got nothing. You got yeah. nothing. It was too good. The show was too good. That's what happens. When we got nothing, the show was too good. That's why we have next week. Exactly. So tune in next week. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Kennedy 318. To all the supporters, we truly appreciate you on behalf of Chris. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.